0: This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Guys, do you hear that sound? That's the sound of power and precision. That's right. You're listening to the Lawnmower 3.0, Manscaped's third-generation trimmer featuring a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. The Lawnmower 3.0 has advanced skin-safe technology, which is a fancy way of saying you're not going to clip your balls off while shaving. But that's not all. Manscaped has a plethora of great products to keep your family jewels in pristine condition. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ABSOLUTEDGEN over at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Absolute
1: sports betting degeneracy. Hey
2: everybody, Arch here and it is Thursday after The Daily Show, which can only mean we're talking UFC with James and only James. What's going on, man?
1: I'm all good, brother. How about yourself? Not
2: too bad. Not too bad. Mason's out on assignment. So it's just you and me again. <laughs> old school.
1: Yeah, it's two out of the last three shows he's been missing. You know, he's gone missing in action. I'm starting to wonder where he's gone because now that he's gone over to uh, Overtime Heroics or wherever it is, um, he seems to be too big for his boots and starting to get all gobby. I, I noticed that. So, he, yeah. yeah,
2: he's branching out into other fields, other podcasts. And <laughs> he put us on the Pay No Mind list.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about that one? Arch?
2: Oh, we'll see. We'll get his thoughts when he decides to show up here. You know, in, I don't know how you guys do it in England. In America, attendance actually means something.
1: Yeah, no, I think, in our sort of public schools and all that, you know, punctuality, you've got to be very punctual in the uh, English schools and all that. Otherwise you will get a, a severe, brutal uh, warning and uh, potentially detentions and exclusions. But yeah, attendance means something over here as well. Okay. Just checking in. Hey, did you, did you watch any of the fights last night? I watched a little bit of uh, 1FC. I mean, personally, I I don't tend to watch a lot of 1FC, but um, I think as a mixed martial arts fan, you had to watch some of the fights last night. I saw many people talk about Eddie Alvarez's fight and how he was unlucky with regards to the disqualification, because I know, I think he got disqualified in the first fight with Dustin Poirier, so he knows a thing or two about getting disqualified. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bless the bloke. But um, the main event. with Demetrius Johnson, which it certainly shocked a lot of people and it certainly shocked me. And I think with Demetrius Johnson, he will go down as the greatest flyweight in the history of the UFC, no doubt. I think he tends to be overlooked upon in terms of the pound-for-pound greats because, you know, he's fighting in a smaller weight class. But what he did to some – well, I say all of the flyweights really in the UFC was nothing short of spectacular. And, you know, he got finished last night and it was the first time he was knocked down in his career. Nobody in the UFC could uh, finish uh, Demetrius Johnson. The last person to beat DJ in the UFC was Henry Cejudo, and that was via a uh, decision. So that sort of raises the question, you know, how good's 1FC? You know, if, if Demetrius Johnson is going across the pond and getting knocked out by their top fighters, you know, how good's the, the other fly-weights and the other bantamweights and the other, like, contenders in 1FC? Uh, and can they compete amongst the best at, uh, in the UFC?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, how long before Dana just buys the whole damn thing? And
1: just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah. you know, money talks in this day and age and in this era. So, but I don't know. I think with 1FC, they've got such a plethora of like overlooked talent, and they'll certainly be hot on the UFC's heels in years to come. And, you know, last night just showed the talent that they've got on offer. All right.
2: Well, we're going to go over to the UFC, <laughs> UFC now. We're going to talk about this. Yeah. One. This weekend's card. Thoughts on the card overall?
1: Um, to be honest, you know, it's your your bang average standard. fight night card but you know fair play to the UFC it's on ABC I believe this weekend so that means the UK and the European fans won't be having to stay up late for this one because I think the main card starts at 8pm but I don't know for a second about a week or two ago you know we were thinking that we might not have a main event because Darren Till was unfortunately ruled out you know our, our British boy he was forced to pull out due to an injury and you know, Kevin Holland, being the stud that he is, decided to step in on that ten days' notice. So you've got to give him props to that because two weeks ago he's coming off of a, a unanimous decision loss to uh, Derek Brunson. So you know, a quick turnaround, fair play to him. Yeah, so you, you're going to bet him, no doubt, right? <laughs> uh, Holland? Yeah, Holland. Uh, I don't know about that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got in the first fight? The, the, the not the first fight, the last fight.
1: Uh, personally, I've got Marvin Vittoria in this one. He's coming in uh, as a number six ranked contender. He's coming off of that impressive win over Jack Comanson in December. And, you know, he lost five split decision to the current champ, uh, Israel Adesanya, in 2018. And since that defeat, he's on four straight wins. And I've been thoroughly impressed by Marvin Vettori in recent times, the 27-year-old has sort of just shown that he's a such a well-rounded fighter who combines high-pressure striking with good grappling and submission skills. And he's certainly improved his sh- uh, striking a lot in recent times. I was very impressed with his stand-up ability against Jack Cunmanson. And then, obviously, you've got a guy like Kevin Holland, who's coming off of that unanimous decision loss to Derek Branson on March, late March the 20th. Um Again, he's no strangers to to fast turnarounds, obviously, with Holland fighting five times last year and four of them coming via form and knockout last year. So I think this is going to be a tough one because he's coming off of 25 minutes after taking like a brutal, I wouldn't say a brutal beating, but a comfortable decision win in Brunson's favour. And, you know, mentally he did look a bit broken in that fight. So how is he going to prepare for this one? But with Holland, I mean... There's no doubt that, you know, he's a long and an athletic fighter with creative striking and explosive power. He's also an excellent scrambler uh, scrambler and a capable grappler with uh, six submission wins under his belt. But I think Marvin Vittori is going to have Kevin's number if the fight does go to the floor. So... I don't know. I think Holland was dominated against Brunson on the ground and standing up, who didn't take that much damage. So I think Vittori's game plan for this one, he's probably going to most likely try and take the fight to the floor because I don't think he's going to want to sort of stand and trade with... um, a Holland in this one. I think Vitor is going to be smart, play it simple, take the fight to the floor, and sort of grind out a decision. So I'm going to go for Vitor by decision. On decision. This
2: one. Okay. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're absolutely spot on. I think you like that spot on. That's a little British. That's British for you. <laughs> right? you
1: that's, that's British. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I think Vitor is going to win the fight, and I'm. I'm really being ballsy here to saying a minus three thirty <laughs> fighter's going to win. Right? <laughs> I, I think you're right. Um, I'm leaning that way. Just that's too much to ask for. Mm. We'll look at that decision see what it pays out. So I'll, I'll probably... No, I will. I'll follow you on that one. We'll grab a, a decision here. All right. Next up, what are we looking at?
1: Next up, I've got the co-main event between arnold's or uh, Allen against Sadiq Youssef. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one because this has all the ingredients to be the fight of the night. You know, two top contenders at featherweight going head-to-head. You know, these are true prospects at 145 and... They're on. They've sort of. They're on good. They're on a good run of form right now, and most of them haven't lost in a while. I think Sadiq Youssef is four and zero in the UFC. Uh, Arnold Allen is seven and zero in the Octagon and in the UFC. So. You know, this somebody's UFCO oh, has got to go, and with Arnold Allen, he's such a well-rounded fighter that combines the sort of polished kickboxing ability with a da- with a dangerous ground game. I think that's sort of got to come up clutch for the Brit in this one because Sadiq Yusuf is an excellent striker who likes to sort of pressurize and pressurize his opponent and has a lot of power in those shots. So I think he's got to be wary. Obviously, Yusuf's power in this one, um, both of them have very similar sort of CVs, but their styles are different, as I alluded to there. Alan, I think he's a better all-round fighter, whereas obviously, as I said, Yusuf's got the more superior striking and the power advantage. So they both tend to go the distance from the looks of it. I think um, five out of Alan's last six fights have gone the full 15. So if he can avoid Yusuf's big shots and sort of grind out, the decision and try and get it to the judges scorecards then you never know you might get the decision victory on this one I think this is going to be a very close fight and if I, uh, Alan can avoid those hard shots early on I think he'll sort of control the kickboxing exchanges and look to take the fight to the floor but Sadiq Yusuf has got a good defence but I think ultimately Alan may get the fight to the floor so I'm probably going to go for an Arnold Allen by decision but that might be the English bias within me
2: <laughs> another decision <laughs> yeah Oh boy, I'm not going to bet against you, but I'm going to lean against you. I I just don't I don't know that Alan can do this one. Uh, I think Sadiq is going to win. I I just don't have the confidence to bet it. So it's a solid lean for (laughs) me against you. Mm. But yeah, I'm not I'm not touching it.
1: What's up next? Next up, I think I've got uh, Jim Miller versus Joe Selecki and. Again, this is one I'm thoroughly looking forward to because I've spoken to Joe like, Selecki a couple of times over the past couple of months and uh, he's gonna I think he's gonna be one to look out for this year, especially if he can get the win over Jim Miller, who's such an experienced veteran of the game. I think he's had nearly fifty professional fights under his belt and he's lost five out of the last six bouts. So, you know, he, hes I do not I d I don't I don't know with Jim Miller. I think he is a bit past it, but I just, I'm just not sure where he's at nowadays because Joe Selecki's 10, uh, ten and two, sorry, and I just think he's probably the more better fighter going into this one. He's got the momentum, and I think on the ground it'll be tough for Jim Miller to deal with uh, Joe Sullecky's ground game because he can sort of submit anyone. But Jim Miller, you know, doesn't give up that easy. He Doesn't tend to tap very easily. So it really is going to be tough in the exchanges. I think Joe selecki has got to be very, very patient on the ground if the fight does go there. But I don't think Miller can sort of push the pace for the the full three rounds. I think he may sort of give up towards the end. But if he gets the early finish, then great. If he doesn't get the early finish, then we'll sort of see a one-sided affair with Selecki coming up clutch on this one because I just think he's too sharp on the ground. And even with Miller's experience, I just don't think he's got the, the sort of, got enough in him to get the job done in this one. So I think Joe is gonna take this one by a one-sided decision.
2: You know, I agree with you step for step. Uh I think Selecki's gonna win it. I think it's probably gonna be a decision. But mm-hmm. even at the minus it's like minus two forty right now that Selecki wins the fight, you can I think you can grab a piece of that and not worry too much. I do think Selecki's gonna take care of business, handle it easy. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm definitely gonna bet the money line and maybe, you know, maybe throw a little bit of money on the decision too, just for fun, because I think it's like <laughs> it's a plus number. It's plus one twenty five for the decision, so th- there's some value there. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. So Jim Miller spoke to you, and then his career just fell apart. Is that right? Is that? Uh,
1: no, no, no. I spoke to Joe Slecky a couple. Of times oh, you spoke to Slecky,
2: Okay, and now he's yeah. awesome. Okay, so there. That's the post Evan. <laughs> that's the post Evans bump right there.
0: Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today.
1: Yeah, see, if you speak to me, you know, doors will open and you will get these big opportunities. So (laughs) I'm still waiting for my chance. I'm still waiting for my life to improve. (laughs) So come on our show and then we'll change your life. You got anything else? (laughs) uh the final fight i've got is uh, hunter zuri versus uh, jack shaw um this is an interesting matchup between two sort of hot prospects um hunter zuri started his odscan career in the ufc off you know off right by doing the same in the ultimate fighter yeah i think he won on his debut against bad Katona so his next bout against Brian Kelleher didn't go his way, but again, Brian Kelleher was a bit of a step-up in the opponent compared to Brad Katona. And eventually, in his last fight, he grinded his way past Cole Smith to return to the wing column last September. But I personally think Jack Shaw... In the bantamweight division right now, and even in probably in the UFC, I think he's one of the more talented prospects in the division and maybe in the roster. He's 13-0. and 0. He batted Mike uh, Akundayo to claim the Cage Warriors bantamweight title in 2018 and then sort of proved a similarly dominant in his uh, title defense against Scott Malone. And that sort of earned him the contract with the UFC where he's choked out uh, Hernandez and Aaron Phillips. 12 out of his finishes are split by eight and four between submissions and knockouts. And I just think on the map in the division, no one's going to compete with Jack Shaw. I think once he gets a hold of you, it's lights out. Um, I think with Jack Shaw, he's he's a crisp striker as well, but obviously he's got that dangerous ground game. And Azura's only hope in this one is to sort of try and grind him out from the top. But again, Shaw's just too seasoned in skill to let that happen. So I think this is going to be a one-sided affair in this one. I think from what I've seen, it's it's sort of a slight favor in Jack Shaw's approach, in Jack Shaw's favor, which I'm very surprised. I think he'd be a clear favorite in this one. Uh, In short, I'd expect a Shaw dominance and versatility and technical approach to carry him through a second round submission finish.
2: Ooh, submission. Second round. I like it. Oh man! So Shore opened up. Here it is. So let's break it down real quick. Minus one thirty, which is right. That's a slight favorite, but now he's minus one sixty four. So it seems like as soon as the the money got involved, the line just plummeted. Thirty four cent, thirty four cent shift is not insignificant. It's a nice little shift. So I think you're probably right. I do think Shore is going to take care of business. You got him in the second here. I'm. Yep. Got, damn. I don't really. I'm, oh, It's close. I'm not sure what to do here. Uh, I'll moneyline Shore. I'm gonna moneyline Shore. I think he can. I think he can win. He can take care of business. So I'll take that minus one sixty four. There you go. Got it. What Perfect. else you got? Is that it for you?
1: Yeah, that's it for me today.
2: Mm-hmm. I want to talk about your boy Sam Alvey versus Julian Marquez. <laughs> My boy. Uh,
1: that's your boy right there, right?
2: Is it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sam uh he's a, pretty, he's a nice ice underdog, plus 160. But Julian Marquez, minus 188. I think Marquez is going to take care of business. I think Marquez is going to dominate. I think he's going to win. I'm going to call for an early stoppage in this one, too. I don't think it goes to the judges. So I want a piece of uh, Marquez here. Am I crazy?
1: No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I, I totally agree with you. I think with Sam Alvey predominantly in the last couple of years he sort of applied his trade at um 205 and it's a bit of a weird one at his age. I think he's what, he's 34 and he's got a lot of professional bouts under his belt and he's taken some brutal beatings over the last couple of years to sort of drop back down and cut that extra weight to go back down to middleweight, which is a bit of a surprise. I think he's coming off of that um, uh, split decision draw over Dan and Young, but I think with Julian Marquez, I just I think he's going to get the job done in this one. He's coming off of a win over Maki Patolo, I just think he smoked Salvi, you know, within the first five minutes. I'm going to go for a first round finish. Ooh, first round. Are you going to bet it or are you just leaning that way? Uh, i probably bet it, to be honest with oh, you. I okay. just don't know where Sam he's, he's on a terrible record. I think, bar that draw in his last fight, you know, he's on the four-fight losing streak. So, he's not on the best of runs right now.
2: No, he's not. He really isn't. <laughs> All
1: right. Another one I wanted to
2: look at is uh, Mike Perry and Daniel Rodriguez. Let's see. Oh,
1: um, Christ, Mike Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Not that guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mike Perry, he opened up plus 157. He's plus 138 now. So I wanted to, wanted to pick your brain. Do you think Mike Perry's got a shot here? Because, I mean, it definitely looks like the money's coming in on him.
1: Um, I genuinely don't know. I mean, you know, the pair on, on the best of runs, well, I say the best of runs. in Daniel Rodriguez, his last fight, he's coming off of that loss to Albie, but coming off of those uh, four wins whereas if you've got Mike Perry he's coming off that loss to Tim Means and then his defeats to Jeff Neal and uh, Vincente Luque which you know fair play they are tough opponents but on his day Mike Perry is a capable athlete but I was just thinking the fight with Tim Means He just didn't, you know, he didn't give a a toss, to be honest. He he looked off weight and uh, he missed weight by a substantial margin. (laughs) I think that was a fight where he didn't have his corner. I think he had his girlfriend in this corner. So if he can get his act together and make weight and sort of show the Mike Perry of old where he's had glimpses, then maybe he can get the job done in this one. But I just don't see how Mike Perry gets the job done in this one. I think I'm favouring Daniel Rodriguez in this one. I'm just sort of torn as to how he gets it done. I'm probably going to go decision on this one.
2: Yeah, but you're not going to bet this one. This is too
1: out of control. No, this is a bit of a weird one. So I'm probably leaning towards Daniel Rodriguez for our decision.
2: Okay. I I mean, I was leaning Rodriguez too, but when I saw the line, how it was shifting, made me think, oh, I I better stay away from this one. I don't like it.
1: If Mike Perry's uh, girlfriend's not in this corner and he's actually got a proper coach who knows the business and knows the deal, then maybe, you know, he's got a his chance. But if, go, if I see his girlfriend walk out with him in the walkouts, then I just know it's game over. <laughs> so wait for the walkouts and then
2: you yeah. make your determination right there. Okay. <laughs> All right. One more fight I wanted to talk about, and that's, uh, I'm not even going to touch the last names. You guys can figure out what I'm talking about. John versus Ignacio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you sure you don't want to pronounce the
2: last name you know there might be a
1: couple more johns in this one
2: bahamo not Bahama notice all right we'll take that, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll yeah, take
1: that.
2: <laughs> i can't pronounce the names i cannot pronounce no. names oh man uh, <laughs> so what i'm looking here is that um ignacio he's minus 194 pretty pretty healthy fa- uh favorite here but i do think he can take care of business what are your thoughts
1: no, I totally agree. They're both on sort of different paths of their career, whereby you've got John uh, MacDessy, who's 17 and 70, 35 years of age, whereas you've got Ignacio 23 years of age and he's just on an absolute tear right now. He's on a two-fight win streak and he's coming off of that fantastic contender series performance against Edson Gomez, uh, won by a front kick, which is absolutely sensational stoppage. And for for a lightweight, he is a big bloke. You know, he's six foot three and he has such a huge height and reach advantage in this fight. And if he can make weight then I think he'll have all the sort of tools and the skill set to to put John McDessie away. And I'm probably going to go for an early finish in this one. I'm going to go for Ignacio via first round. First round. TK? First round stoppage, yes. TKO. TKO, okay.
2: Mm. Do you want to bet that one or are you just going to
1: lean that way? I'm probably confident in that one. I oh, probably really? bet okay. that one.
2: Mm, mm. I talked you into it, twisted your arm. Yeah. <laughs> so you like him? Uh, let's see. I was just looking here. TKO. TKO submission, uh, knockout, whatever. Plus 200 for Ignacio right there. So you're getting plus 200. I'm wondering if it doesn't go to the cards. I'm kind of leaning that way. So I'm getting plus 175 here. So it's either follow James, follow Arch, or just take Ignacio (laughs) minus 188. (laughs) There it is.
1: Or probably do Mason and say, John, buy a third round submission. (laughs) Right.
2: Or maybe pick a draw. That's plus (laughs) 8,000. Oh, God. Uh, Fortunately, Mason hasn't picked
1: the draws yet. (laughs) You never know it's coming. I can feel it. <sighs> Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, to be honest, um, I think with this cars, I think we've done well for ourselves. We got twenty minutes without Mason. I think we've done all right for ourselves here this That's week, it. it's considering it's two weeks out.
2: Tight, sleek. Mason wasn't dragging us down at all. It was good stuff. <laughs> all right. So, so you're you're still just podcasting here and uh, and uh, sports sesh, right?
1: Yeah, still here and still the Sports Sesh podcast and sort of keeping close tabs on UFC Deluxe, but yeah,
2: that's that's all for me. That's your your Twitter feed. (laughs) So the link is there. Go follow James on UFC Deluxe, listen to him on Sports Sesh, but most importantly, listen to him here. James shows up every week, apparently.
1: Yeah, I've only missed a, a, a couple. I haven't missed that many. No. Uh, Mason, two out of the three nice shows. It's a bit of a poor record. and It doesn't bode well with me and probably doesn't bode well with you to watch.
2: No, I no, will have to have a, a, a good talking to.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. All right, James, get out of here. <laughs> Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations.